We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR injury law help me if I'm hit by a driver with no insurance? Yes. How about if not enough insurance? Yep. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. Welcome back to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. You know, before we get to other topics, Baker Mayfield, Vikings training camp, the Vikings schedule, uh, and questions I'm going to ask you about the difference between being in NFL management and working with an agency and being in the media, I, let, let's get right to Fred Zamberletti. Freddie was one of my favorites. I'm sure he was one of your favorites. Longtime Vikings trainer, became a Vikings historian uh, toward the end of his uh Years with the Vikings, I used to sit down and every time I saw him on the road or at home, we'd always have a pregame meal together, uh, talk about the game. And the thing I loved about Freddie, Freddie wasn't afraid to actually say what he actually thought. Uh, so tell us about the latest development with Fred Zamberletti's legacy. Yeah, definitely, Jim. Thanks. And and certainly love Fred, Fred Zamberletti, Z- Zambi as we called him. And, and I was really thrilled to see him honored, um, obviously the late Fred Zamberletti, but honored with a, a, an award of excellence from the Pro Football Hall of Fame for his great contributions to the athletic training profession and, and NFL athletic trainers in particular. And, and certainly a, a, a great honor that people now that visit the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, will hear of his great contributions to the Vikings, the NFL, and, and the athletic training profession. And and I worked very closely with with, uh, with Zambi for 20-plus years, and especially in my eight years as the Vikings GM, where the GM is really tied closely to the, the team head trainer in terms of injury information, in terms of, of uh, trying to evaluate players in the draft, evaluate potential free agents. And so – so Fred, I was very close with Fred. We took many team trips together, which were a lot of fun back in the day. And and just even even thinking about training camp coming up and 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 Zambi's legendary bocce ball games behind the the Gage Hall dorm in Mankato. <laughs> and so a lot of great memories of of uh, Fred Zamberletti, and and I, I'm really excited to hear of this this recognition by the Hall of Fame. That's fantastic. I, I sorely miss Fred, uh, and man, what a great person to be. Right? And, and you know, and let's let's face it too. Fred was a, a an athletic trainer in a day and age when things are a little different. Right now, uh, modern sports, you have to be very careful. There are a lot of liability issues. Uh, we know more about what you know injuries can what injuries can lead to other injuries, and if be I mean, we are in an age where everybody has to be careful. Freddie was not careful. Uh, Freddie worked the players who were uh, off practice because of injuries to the point where they did not want to get injured because working <laughs> out with Freddie was going to be harder than any practice. Yeah, you're right about that. And yeah, he, he would have them on that side field and, and he'd be running them and, and uh, getting them in shape and, and so forth. So it was, yeah, it was, that was kind of comical that there was kind of that feeling like, yeah, we want to, we want to stay on the field and stay out of the training room even though they love to visit Zambi in the training room, of course. 
Yeah, I, I remember somebody just seeing the the mask of misery on these players' faces when they had to work with Freddie instead of go through a normal practice. Uh, it was just it was classic. Uh, by the way, this is part of TalkNorth.com. You can find all the shows at TalkNorth.com, or you can subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We recommend subscribing. It's free. It's easy. Pick out the shows you like at TalkNorth.com and just have them delivered to your inbox. You can also follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see all the shows as they are released. Thanks to our producer, Brianne Burdett. And thank you for listening to the network. Thanks also to our sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Let's get into the big NFL news of the week. Baker Mayfield kind of pushing and engineering a trade out of Cleveland to go play for the Panthers. I'm not sure if anybody ends up in a great spot here. I'm not sure Mayfield's good enough to elevate the Panthers. I'm not sure the Panthers uh, have found their quarterback. Uh, the, The Browns are now you know, going to be without Deshaun Watson uh, and also without Baker Mayfield. Uh, it just feels like everything that is surrounding Baker Mayfield right now is a mess. Yeah, it kind of is. And you got to say that, that the Browns kind of mismanaged this thing from the get-go in terms of, of what their expectation of Deshaun Watson's availability would be. And if they had kept a, a, a good relationship with Mayfield, and paid him his entire 19 million bucks or whatever it was, I'm sure he would have played for them this year. And as they saw what was going to unfold with Deshaun Watson, which of course, as we know, the rumblings are that he may be suspended indefinitely, which means for a season, but then after appeal, who knows if he reduces that to eight games, nine games, 10 games, whatever, but he's going to be gone for a lengthy period. And Jacoby Brissett is, the guy was probably going to take the reins and and yeah I think as a looking at it as a former GM I would have certainly preferred to keep my previous quarterback in the starting role and especially when you could say to him hey you're going to make three million dollars more by staying here than the deal he took with Carolina which is kind of a joint deal where, where the Panthers are paying 4.85 million of his salary and the Browns are paying 10.5 million and he, and he took a pay cut of about 3 million and he's going to try to make that back in incentives. But meanwhile, he's going to be competing, which may not be much of a competition with Sam Darnold, who was a former number three overall pick in the same draft when Mayfield was number one. And then they drafted Matt Corral out of Ole Miss in the third round this year. So it's going to be an interesting competition in training camp. And Darnold's got a leg up in knowing the system and everything. But I would certainly anticipate Mayfield is is the starter this year for the Panthers, who, as you said, are kind of a lackluster team at this point, a so-so team in that NFC South, and always dependent on Christian McCaffrey. Is he going to be healthy enough? And can he stay healthy? They, they've got some talent there um, with more of the wide receiver. And so there's some good players, but I just don't – and on defense, they've got some talent. And and the NFC South is not a great division right now. Tampa Bay looks to be strong again with Brady coming back. The Saints are question a question mark with a new coach. And whether Jameis Winston will be, how successful he'll be, and if he stays healthy. And then Atlanta right now has, has uh, Marcus Mariota at quarterback. And, and – so they traded away Matt Ryan. So you can't, can't think that Atlanta's in any great shakes either. So the Panthers 
could be a surprise, perhaps, if Mayfield comes on. I, I do think, Jim, that, that he's a little bit underrated. I think people have kind of pigeonholed him as, as first of all, being very brittle and ha- having injuries and also being inconsistent. But he had a couple of good years in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And every other year he played well, and then he was hurt or, or had other issues and whether his, his supporting cast wasn't quite there. So I, I think he's probably a little better than people think. But I, I don't know that his how his long-term future is going to be in Carolina. We'll see. And it, it's going to be definitely a story to follow through training camp, through the competition, and, and into the season. Do you think Kevin Stefanski, uh, your, your old friend, uh, and you know a very pleasant presence when he was here in Minnesota, do you think Kevin Stefanski ever wishes – man, if I had just stayed with the Vikings, then I probably would have gotten a job after Zimmer left and I'd have a, maybe a better team and a better situation than I have now in Cleveland. Yeah, I don't know, because his first year he got to the playoffs and, and won a playoff game yeah. and, and yeah. was the NFL coach of the year. So that's not all bad. Plus, he was probably making about $5 million a year compared to a coordinator making about a million. So I, I think his, his uh, pocketbook looks a lot better from taking that job. So I don't think he would say, no, I should have waited. I, I think he probably wishes that things had, had unfolded better after that first season and that Mayfield hadn't gotten hurt. And we'll see about Deshaun Watson, how that's going to play out long-term for Cleveland. But he's, I think Kevin's in a tough spot this year, but I'm sure Jimmy Haslam, the owner is going to cut him some slack because if they do have to, to pay, play Brissette for, a majority or all the season, then you got to think, hey, it's going to be kind of a, a so-so season, season in Cleveland, perhaps, and and they've lost their receiving core and and some other other than adding Amari Cooper, but yeah, I, I think that Kevin would not say, I, I wish I hadn't taken this job because when you get a head coaching opportunity, it's hard to turn it down. But I, I'm sure he wishes that his quarterback situa- situation was a little more defined right now. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, if you didn't know, Jeff is the former Vikings general manager, former NFL executive of the year, former president of the Tennessee Titans, came very close to going to a Super Bowl with the Vikings, came very close to winning a Super Bowl with the Titans. Uh, we also want to let you know that we have a lot of great people on this network. Uh, Dave Lee's doing a cool series right now. I joined him for a recent episode. Uh, my show, Blocked and Muted, this week we have David Barry t- breaking down the Gobert trade and the Lynx surge. Uh, he's a sports economist, looks at things very differently than most people in our business, and I think better uh, than most of the people in our business. Also did a recent episode with Brianna, Brianna Scurry, Scurry, excuse me, Brianna Scurry is what I'm trying to say, the great Minnesota soccer player. Uh, check out TalkNorth.com. You see all the shows and all the archives. Uh, and also want to thank our other sponsor, TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME. What quarterback do you look at right now going to a new situation? Do you think, yeah, that's that has a great chance of working? Is it Russell Wilson or is somebody else that jumps out at you? Yeah, I, I think it would probably be Russell Wilson in Denver. I think there's some really good receivers there. I think that he's he's going uh, to a team that has some talent on defense and and can run the ball a little bit. And, and so I, I think that you have to say Russell Wilson because I, I and, and I know you, you feel the same way. I've always been a big fan of Russell Wilson, yep. his, his creativity, his ability uh, to make plays and, and he's a winner. And so I, I got to feel Russell Wilson is in the best spot. 
I think Matt Ryan is going to a, a talented team in Indianapolis with with a very good offensive line, maybe one of the best in the league, and, and a great running back in Jonathan Taylor. So I think Matt Matt Ryan is also in a, in a good position as, as he moves to his new team. And so I, I think those are the two guys that that would jump out at me and, and say, hey, I think I think they'll both have has the potential to be in the playoffs in the AFC. We're going to get into the Vikings training camp schedule, how things might look a lot different this year than they've looked in the past, and certainly look the way they looked when uh, I was covering Jeff when he was the uh, general manager of the Vikings and and what and Mike Lynn's assistant uh, back in the day. Right now, though, we do want to hear about White Bear Lake Superstore, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC. And my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website. We always talk about it, the WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. And you'll see 0% APR on most GMC and Buick SUV models, including the stylish Encore GX. And check out the all-new next-generation GMC Sierra 1500. Reserve yours now and explore the GMC Sierra HD. And don't wait. Reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. The Wiper Lake Superstore also is buying used cars and paying top dollar. They are also the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore, a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North or White in White Bear Lake or online at WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. TSR Injury Law, 612 TSR Time. They keep growing their business because they keep winning cases for their clients. They don't charge you unless they win your case, and they're really good at winning cases. If you're hurt, we don't want you to have to make this call, but if you need good representation, you want to go to 612-TSR-TIME. A lawyer will speak with you, and if they can't help you, they'll send you to somebody who can help you. They are very very ethical, very uh, friendly, very easy to work with. 612-TSR-TIME. Uh, so how do you think training camp will look different this year? Well, I think training camp is, is going to be different from the standpoint of Kevin O'Connell, the new head coach, and his uh, new head trainer Tyler Williams both came from the Rams, and I, I thought it was kind of interesting to read about their plan for this training camp in terms of padded practices. And and of course, you and I re recall back in the day, back in Mankato, the days of two-a-day practices, and and oftentimes, at least in the afternoon, they were in full pads every day <laughs> under that hot Mankato sun, and just the thinking has changed so dramatically in modern day football and in the NFL. And, and so the team teams under the CBA are allowed up to 16 padded practices in training camp, but O'Connell and Tyra Williams want to limit the, the player's injury exposure. And they're only going to have nine padded practices and no more than two in a row. And it's just so much different today. The team's, get full days off at least once a week. Back in the day, the players would only get basically one night evening meeting off, and they still had to be back by 11 o'clock or maybe midnight uh, on that occasion. And it's just so different today than what it was. But I, I honestly think it's, it's it's really a great thing for today's players and, and Viking players, other NFL players who 
first of all, they can participate in, in training camp at their home facility, which I think is great because I got very tired of, of traveling to Mankato for training camp. And one of my great thrills was when I joined the Titans and, and we held training camp in Nashville at our team facility. I thought, wow, uh, this is fantastic compared to those trips to Mankato, which even, even in my GM days, I still go down three or four days a week and take that drive. Nothing against Mankato. It's a lovely town, but, <laughs> but to stay overnight in the dorms got kind of old, as you know. And, and so I, I think it's great that, that they can have training camp at their home facility, which the Vikings will do. There might be only one or two teams today that even go to a college. Maybe the Steelers do. Um, I think just the lack of, of contact in training camp and, and the fewer number of preseason games down to three compared to when I first started, there were six of those dreadful games, Jim. Awful. Man. <laughs> that, was, that was horrible. And, and I remember even when we went to four preseason games with a 1978 uh, in, in the CBA, starting in 78, even still, I was always extremely nervous about guys getting hurt in preseason games. And, and so I think it's good they're down to three. I think they should only, they should reduce it even further to two. And not necessarily saying they should have 18 regular season games, but definitely I think the preseason could be cut back, especially when they're, they're going to have uh, practices with te other teams. And this year the 49ers are coming to the Vikings headquarters on August 17th and 18th, but just the number of practices is less, the time on the field is less, and I think it's a good thing for the players. I think it's going to extend their careers, expose them to less injury risk, and today working on the Asian side, of course, I'm happy for our players that they can hopefully extend their careers and stay, stay more healthy, uh, especially during training camp and, and preseason. You talk about sleeping in the dorms. When I first started covering the Vikings, that's what I did. I would get down to training camp early, and I would be on – there were two towers at Gage Hall, the dorm where the players and the coaches stayed, and there was a player and coach wing, and then there was kind of the Vikings support staff and media wing. And I basically had, my, I think, my own floor. And it was, it was like being in college again. I'd walk down the hall to use the shower – uh, I slept on a dorm room bed. You know, there was no, I don't think there was air conditioning. So you had to bring your own fan and open the window at night. It was, it was pretty primitive. Uh, you know, I had some great experiences covering the Vikings in those training camps, but it was weird. Yeah, it, did, it definitely was. And, and I just, I, I always tell my friends at the Vikings there that are working there today, how how great they have it compared to what we did in the past. And I remember I got married on July 10th in my first season, and I was off to training camp 10 days later, and I was there for six weeks basically, was able to go home one night a week when the players had their night off and and, and had to get back by 7.30 the next morning to, to help open the office. So I have to leave it at whatever, 5.45 a.m. And – as a newlywed, that was not a lot of fun, but oh well, <laughs> at least I had a job that was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there, it was not the most convenient life situation. I had young kids at the time, too, but it was a good job, so you, you ride it out. Uh, by the way, have you seen Aaron Rodgers' new tattoo? No, I have not. What? Please, please enlighten me. Uh, I think it's basically the script of the Da Vinci Code 
reduced to one tattoo. I think there's Flat Earth Society in there. I think the Masons had something to do with it. I think it, I think it predicts when aliens will land and uh, take over the Earth. Uh, I think it has a little script in there telling you not to va- get vaccinated. It's, it's bizarre. <laughs> that that sounds that sounds typical for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and, yeah it's typical uh, Aaron Rodgers. It's yeah, just, other, other than the fact that I guess he didn't say, "Why can't you draft me a wide receiver in the first uh, round?" Well, I think that's in there someplace too, but it's probably in Latin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's quite the quite the character. We know that, and and quite the egomaniac. So we'll see how it plays out for Aaron this year, and, and if the Vikings can make a run at them. And we'll know pretty early, too, in that week one opener. Yeah, I, I, you know, of course, I'm married to a Viking fan. I know a lot of Viking fans, and they are very fired up about that game. They're also very worried about that game. That's going to be fascinating. Uh, you know, this is we are in the slow period of the calendar for the NFL. I wanted to get into a different topic with you. And you've been, you know, you worked your way up through an NFL organization. You became general manager. Then you went to the Tennessee Titans. You became a team president. Uh, you worked in around the NFL for a long time. Now you're working with a, you know, an agency representing players, and obviously you're doing things in the media as well. How different is it to do the things you're doing now as opposed to the things you did, you know, that uh, when you were actually employed in the NFL? Yeah, it, it's certainly a lot different. And, and as we say, we have to reinvent ourselves sometimes. And I, I certainly did that after 28 years working in the NFL and. And had a, had a great career in the NFL, a long career. Was fortunate to be able to work in my hometown with the Vikings for 23 years before going down to Tennessee with a great experience with the Titans for five years. And and but it, it is a lot different, certainly, and and in terms of, of the media work, but especially the agent work, being on the other side of the table as a negotiator. And I do a lot of college speaking where I, I talk about the differences and the similarities between negotiating contracts as a management negotiator and, and as an agent. And in terms of certainly the basics are the same in terms of preparation, research, establishing the market value for your player, peer group analysis and all those things. Uh, but then the, the differences of course are you're on the other side of the table, you're on the labor side as opposed to management. And, and I think also in terms of who you're working for when you're a management negotiator, basically you're working for the owner or owners here with the Vikings. I had 10 owners in, in Tennessee. I had one owner, Bud Adams, and it was always incumbent on me to make sure that, that I, I, I kept them abreast of what was going on with contract negotiations, with potential free agents, with draft choices that could potentially report late or whatever. Uh, which happens much less today under the new CBA, but back in the day, you had to deal with that situation. And so really had to be careful and, and make your owner very cognizant of what you're doing. And and also in terms of if I needed to get a, a big signing bonus for uh, Steve McNair or Nitty George or Chris Carter, whoever the case may be, that I would go to the owners and say, hey, I, I need to do this. How do we want to pay the cash out? Do we want to defer some of it? And I, I was fortunate to work with with good ownership in both places that, that gave us the latitude, gave me the latitude to structure deals as, as I felt was necessary under the salary cap. And and back in, in my early days as a GM, the cap was only going up about one or two million a year. So things were very tight, much more tight than today when it goes up usually about $10 million, except for the pandemic year. 
Uh, and so then working on the agent side, the big difference is that uh, a player can fire an agent at any time and only owe that agent for the contract that's already been negotiated. So it's really important to keep a great relationship with your players and obviously keep them in, in the mix on what's going on negotiation-wise and also manage their expectations. Because a lot of players think, oh, I should be making $25 million a year like this guy or, or $10 million a year like this guy. Well, you got to make them aware of, of what the market is, what it really looks like, what the team is offering, and that you might have to take a shorter deal uh, to get that bigger deal down the road. And so, as I said, really critical to keep a great relationship with your player and also with their family, who you've often gone through the recruiting process with or advisors that they have. And, and so it, it is a, a lot different from that standpoint. But the basics as a negotiator are still the same. Heard any good J.C. Treader rumors lately? <laughs> well, someone put out a fake tweet a couple of days ago with that with the Vikings logo on it, flashed on my phone, said the Vikings signed J.C. Treader, former Cleveland Browns starting center and, and and one of the better centers in the NFL, who was released by the Browns in a cost-cutting move in March. And uh, Treader also is the president of the NFLPA, interestingly, but but I certainly think he, he's a quality player. And if they have concern about Garrett Bradbury, I know Bradbury's talking about gaining weight and, and trying to to bulk up to be able to handle some of the the tougher nose tackles in the league, and which which we know has been an issue for him in the past. That he's been pretty good as as a mobile pulling center in the run game, but sometimes anchoring in the pass against the pass rush has been a problem. And Kenny Clark of the Packers has been one guy who's been a, a big problem for him, and he'll see him week one if indeed Bradbury is still the starter, which we expect. But, but yeah, it was kind of funny to see that, oh, the Vikings signed Jake Treader, and, and I immediately go to the Vikings website, nothing. <laughs> and so kind of figured out quickly, well, I think this is bogus. Plus, they misspelled the, wor- the word Vikings. So <laughs> that, I guess that's social media today, that, that someone had that on their wish list. But the Vikings still have about $10 million of cap room with their top 51. And they could probably do worse than signing a J.C. Treader if they could get a bargain deal for him. But no, yeah, that would be a good move if they can pull it off. Yeah, exactly. And but but also you got to be aware when you hear that. Well, the Vikings have nine point seven million of, of cap room. That only counts the top fifty-one players, and you have to account for a fifty-second and fifty-third player on the active roster. You got to account for maybe six, seven, eight players on injured reserve. You got to pay a practice squad. So really, the true cap number is is much lower than that 9.7 million yeah that that makes sense uh good stuff from jeff next week we're going to talk about how the offense and defense might look different this year uh we'll talk about and i want to talk about the biking schedule eh? the more i look at it the more i think about it the more i talk to people the more thoughts i have about it uh for today if you'd like to advertise with this show or anybody in the network we keep adding shows we keep adding listeners you can reach karen cleary at kcleary at talknorth.com Thanks again to Brian Burnett. Thanks to Jeff, and we'll talk to you next week.